You know, we do all kinds of cool training when you're getting into special forces and, and, and after you're in. And one of the, it's also hard training. One of the, the hardest things that I thought was, was uh, the long distance navigation, the land navigation. And, you know, it, I'm talking long distance where you're, you, you know, you, you have multiple map sheets that you are working with and, you know, crossing county lines and, you know, 10, 15, 20 K kilometers at a time very, very long movements because in special forces, you do very long movements and you're often working in areas that are, you know, uncontrolled areas that are, that are contested and you've got to really go deep. So your ability to do long distance land navigation is extremely important. And one of the things that I learned in, in the early days of that was that if you just, you know, took your grid coordinates and you shot an azimuth with your compass and you started walking in order to do it quickly, you would usually end up making a mistake, encountering an obstacle that you didn't plan for, drifting one way or the other because you didn't allow for the terrain, you know, or, or you just didn't gauge your time right. Ultimately, it would come back and it would hurt you. And I had a couple of instructors who taught me something really powerful, which was always do the homework before the legwork. And what they meant by that was take the time on the front end to lay the map out, orient it to the ground, you know, get a good feel for the different routes available, the obstacles that lay in your path, you know, the contour lines and how close they are together, what's that going to mean to you, looking at the time of day, your rate of march, all that. It takes longer. But what they were right. What I found was when I started doing that, when I started doing the homework before the legwork, it always worked out much better and I actually made better time I showed up in better condition, and I achieved my goal. Fast forward to when I got on a special forces team. My first team sergeant, Mike Kroger, he, would, uh, he, he was a great, amazing team sergeant. And one of the things he was a stickler for was homework before the legwork, preparation. If we were going to go to Columbia, Mike was making sure that everybody on the team did area studies. We understood the micro economies. We understood the development picture. We understood the language at a fundamental level. We understood the shortfalls and strengths of the unit we were going to be working with. I mean, it was, whew, it was a lot of work. Months of preparation, of homework before the legwork was actually achieved. But always on the back end, our team always performed extremely well in some very high stakes complex settings back in the 90s in places like Columbia because I had a senior non-commissioned officer that insisted on the power of homework before legwork. Hopefully those two stories have set the theme for the week. It shouldn't be a surprise. It's homework before legwork, right? If our monthly theme this week or this month is owning the room, right? Achieving a level of relevance so that people follow you, buy from you, invest in you, believe in you, how do you do that? Well, you achieve relevance. You're the most relevant person in the room. You're relevant to the people you serve and the problems that they face and the opportunities they want to pursue. You're relevant to that. And when you are, it elicits a level of what's called reciprocity, where people want to do things for you. They want to meet your goals. They want to follow you. They trust you. You've experienced this in your life when you've had a powerful connection with someone or you've done something for someone because it was the right thing to do, how did that person respond? The relationship went deeper, the connection went deeper, there was reciprocity, they perceived you as relevance, they trusted, they, they, they followed, right? So this week, I wanna talk about 
how we get at that and how you can actually, you know, instinctively, a lot of you know this, but how do you turn instinct to skill? What are some things that you can do, right? And again, whether you are making a pitch to your boss, asking a donor for money for your nonprofit, going in for a job interview, or doing a town hall meeting with your associates, do the homework before the legwork, right? First of all, what are your goals? For the engagement. Make sure you know that. Are you clear on your goals? Is everyone on your team clear on your goals, right? Then, I, and by the way, nobody does the stuff that I'm talking about. If you'll do this, you have a massive advantage. Wes, I do not know what's up with the sirens today, man. Did you do something? No, I, I called them in. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, no one does this kind of homework, but if you do it, you'll have a huge edge, right? So the first thing is identify your goals. What do you want out of the engagement? right? Next, do thoughtful research. Do thoughtful research on the person or people you're going to be engaging with. If you're meeting with a client, you know, Google them. Not in a creepy kind of way, but today in this information age, there's so much information out there about the people we work with. It's absolutely asinine to go into an initial engagement and go, so where are you from? So what's your company's mission? That's ridiculous. It's patently obvious that that information exists and when you show up and you do that, you are actually putting yourself at a disadvantage with a person who's probably done research on you and knows where you're from and knows your mission. Thoughtful research up front. Really, really important. With an eye towards trying to identify potential connection points. Are you hearing me? Potential connection points. Where did they go to school? Where are they from? What are their interests and hobbies? What are awards that they've been given? What are major achievements that they've been you know, uh, recognized for in the public domain? Family, kids, spouse. It's amazing how many connection points you can find if you're actually looking, and then you connect around that. Because remember, we're social, emotional creatures. And when we connect in that place, it creates a visceral, a visceral connection that accelerates the speed of trust. Mm. That's how it works right there. But you got to look on the front end and do that thoughtful research. Next is, I want to determine their goals. What are their goals? As much work as I can do on the front end, I want to find out what their goals are. Whatever the, what, I, what I can't figure out, I want to create thoughtful, open-ended questions that will help me ascertain their goals when we do the engagement. Right? When I sit down in front of somebody, if it's a, a negotiation or a transaction or a pitch, the first thing I say is, look, I absolutely insist that we meet your goals first here. Can you help me understand what they are? Here's what I think they are. Do I have this right? <laughs> no one does this, and I'm telling you, your hit rate will go exponentially higher. Your return on investment of just doing that will be key, right? When they start to tell you their goals, before they do, ask permission to take notes and then do a summary of content when you're done. Did I get this right? Does this sound right? Now you've validated their goals, they see that you've heard them, and they are really, really impressed with that, and there's a level of reciprocity going there. Is this making sense, Wes? So, look guys, this is gold. I'm telling you, this is gold. This is how you do the homework before the legwork. Create the thoughtful, open-ended questions that at a minimum will give you a better feel for what their goals are because you're going to go back to those goals with your narrative competence and your storytelling and active listening stuff we're going to cover later. But if you don't get this part right, it's not going to matter. You can have all of the skill in the world. It's not going to matter. So deep, thoughtful, open-ended questions that help close the gap on your understanding of goals and enhance the connection. Then, I want you to prepare to show up. I want you to rehearse. You need to rehearse your engagement. A great way to do it, 
with your spouse or some other trusted person, you play the other party, right? I learned this from Stuart Diamond. You play the person you're going to engage with, right? And you play them as best you can and look for reasons to tell yourself to go jump in a lake. You'd be amazed what that does. And then have the other person play you, right? And then flip back and then you play you in the engagement. I've even rehearsed phone calls, Wes, to ask for a discount on an airline ticket. Or if there's a dispute on my hotel bill, my wife, Monty, and I will rehearse it real quick. And it's amazing what you think of and what comes to mind. Again, prepare to show up, homework before the legwork, rehearse the engagement. We rehearse everything else in life. Why in the world would we not rehearse engagements that have high stakes where we're asking donors for money, bosses for approval, clients for a transaction? Why wouldn't you rehearse that? But we don't, do we? We just show up and hope it works out. That's not the way it goes. That's for amateurs and that is going the way of the dodo. And then finally, um, you know, keep practicing that as you go. It really is effective. The return on investment of this, of that time spent, of that energy spent, it takes longer. It's like laying that map out on the ground. It takes longer. Everybody else will be moving out. You'll see them moving out, Wes. They're going. Everybody's going. And you're the last guy there still plotting your azimuth, looking at the terrain. People may even laugh at you. Now look at the dumbass still doing his work. Right? We're out of here. Yeah, well, you'll see them later on upside down in a draw hanging by their compass, right? Because they didn't do the homework before the legwork, and you'll move right on past them. I like that down the draw, hanging by the compass. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap it there. Think about what I've said. Go back, watch this a couple of times. Use it for your next engagement. Let me know what happens on our website. Also, I'd love for you to join us in Rooftop Leadership Mastery, an online community. If you like this stuff, we go even deeper, man. You get competitive edges in life and business that nobody else has because it's rooftop servant leadership, and that's what people follow when trust is low and stakes are high. Go to rooftopleadership.com forward slash mastery and for about what you pay to take your family out to dinner every you know once a month you get access to our rooftop university with all this content and more on a 24-hour basis monthly group coaching calls that are just kick ass on these kinds of topics and a private team room where leaders just like you from across the world multiple industries are each other's brothers and sisters their keeper and we help each other share best practices and get better it's as good as it gets rooftopleadership.com forward slash mastery. Thanks for what you do, and I'll see you on the rooftop. Hey, I almost forgot a PS here. This is really important. At the top of all those steps that I gave you for, you know, homework before the legwork, here's the ultimate question you want to ask yourself. Right? Ready? How do I make this person the hero in the story? How do I make them the hero in the story? I got to know their goals. I got to know where I can connect with them. I've got to paint a canvas of what the world looks like for them and their desires and fears when it's all fixed and solved. And everything I do, listen to me, everything I do in preparation is oriented on making them the hero in the journey. You do that, it's all over but the crime. I'll see you on the rooftop.